I'm Christina. And I'm Megan. And this is The Aftermath of Sex. I'm a certified nurse midwife. And I'm a registered nurse. And this is not medical advice. Hello. How's it going? Guess what we have today? What? Veggie Dolls! They're my favorite. They're so funny. I just love them. I know. Me too. I want Veggie Tales every day of my life we if I could. Tales. We need them all. Yeah. And I know you're out there yeah. listening and you've had something. You have had some vagina stories. You have probably had more than five. Yeah. And we're just asking for one. Or two. Or two. Or if five. If you, you, you know what? We're going to start with one. <laughs> we're going to start with one. We'll take the one that you're willing to share. Yes. Anonymously. Anonymously. You don't have to know. We yeah. don't have to know. Yeah. We just have to have your story. Yeah. So if you've got one and you're willing and, and able, type it up. Mm-hmm. Send it to www.theaos411.com. And or send it to us via email to theaos411 at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget to like us, review us, listen. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Share us with your friends. We just realized that we are like on episode 55. I know. That's crazy. And I feel like we just started and we're still babies in this. Yeah, we are. But we've learned so much and we've been feeling the love. Yep. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for being our listeners. You're the reason we keep doing it. Yes. And I hope that you are still enjoying every bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. So we have some really interesting things. They're not all like stories. Some are like um, questions. Some are like little conversation. Yeah. So let's just get it right to it. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, this first one. Is from Cassie, and she said we could share her name. Okay. Okay. Uh, firstly, because next week is about PCOS, so we did have that a few weeks ago, but she wrote this a little while back. Yeah. Um, I'd love to give an insight into my very frustrating PCOS journey so far. Oh, PCOS can be so frustrating. It really can, yeah. About a year ago, Christina put me on metformin due to very high insulin and testosterone. Dr. Bowerick was the one to tell me I had PCOS, and then I started Googling. I've always had active jobs and my mom is a type one diabetic. So I grew up with nutrition education and I rode bikes, skied, hiked and swam with no changes to my BMI. We raise rabbits for food and eat game meat and salmon, um, buy no meat from the super supermarket. So it's all very lean. Still my BMI hardly fluctuates. I joined a Facebook PCOS support group and found my sisters. She spells it. C-Y-S-T-E-R-S. I love that. I love that so so much. Yeah, support camaraderie. Um, And learned that stubborn weight gain is very much a part of PCOS. Yes. I asked to be referred to an endocrinologist, which was a virtual appointment through Troy Medical. And that doctor took away my PCOS diagnosis because my periods are every 30 days, even though they only last for two. And I had no ovarian cysts. Testosterone and insulin resistance aren't a diagnostic factor. So because I only had the high testosterone, 
I only uh, ticked one of the three diagnostic boxes. I went back to um, Dr. Bowerk with questions. On this Facebook page, ladies are constantly aiming to get their diet and activity level to point where their periods regulated. Um, their insulin and testosterone went down and their cysts reduced. So if these symptoms can be managed, how are they diagnostic? Maybe if my diet and lifestyle were worse, I'd tick more of these boxes. Um, Dr. Bowerk seemed to be of the same opinion and said he was certain I had PCOS. So now I am uh, now I'm seeing a naturopath. Uh, she was the first one to mention um, my uh, LH. My, thank you. LH and FSH ratio being off, which is common enough in PCOS to be an indicator for her. So my diagnosis is going back and forth. It's frustrating to argue with nurses who see I wrote metformin on my intake forms but didn't take diabetes. Uh-huh. And my mom is third, my mom is thoroughly confused about what I have in parentheses. Um, I'm hoping this podcast will be an easy way to explain it. I hope that it was. Yeah, I hope that um, the second some, episode yeah, helped. The second and episode gave did. some clarity. Yeah. By the way, I've been on metformin almost a year, and my insulin and testosterone are back within normal ranges. I've reduced carbs and dairy too. Good job. Yeah, that's so hard. Yeah, that is really, man, that just is like PCOS, the, you know, the um, unknowns of it and stuff. The it really unknowns. speaks to how hard it can be to to figure out. To figure out, to diagnose, to, to understand, to manage. And then for somebody who's not the professional yeah, and the medical professional to go back and forth yeah. and and have differing opinions. Yeah. And she went to three different people, she two did. of which that agreed and one that yeah. didn't. And then you're like, well, who do I believe? Right. And you have to just, you know, keep under forward and trying to, and trying to you know, figure it out. You have and, to advocate yeah. and, and keep trying until the answers make sense. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately PCOS is just, it's a tough, one. it's a tough, tough one, it really is. but thank you for sharing yeah. because it, you're, you're improving your, yeah. your levels, your lab work levels have improved, which yeah. is wonderful. Yeah. Um, which is great. And you obviously staying nice and healthy and yeah. active um, and doing the things you can do. Yeah. And, but thank you for sharing too, that there's a struggle yeah. with no real answer Yeah. so that people don't feel alone. Yeah. Yeah. The me sisters. Too. I love that. I know me the too. sisters group will appreciate <laughs> you coming forward and talking about it yeah yeah okay well she also has a vagina story i am so okay. excited i have not read this okay i'm gonna read her first couple or first sentence here and then i just wanted to comment on something so um she writes this one's for the young girls or women who haven't seen vaginas besides their own and therefore have no reference for normal amen okay amen yes, seriously so i remember okay you know like the talk shows like the maury povich and the Montel Williams, yes. like all of those talk yes. shows from when we were teenagers. I remember there was one that came on and it was an education one. And it was this OBGYN who had come on. I'm assuming she was an OBGYN, some kind of women's health professional doctor. She was a doctor anyway. And she was talking about this kind of same thing. And it was really geared towards younger people, right? Because it's younger people who are the most concerned, concerned about it most of the time. Of course, right. We can all have our own insecurities and stuff, but, um, one of the things they did is for the audience, not for the, or for like the in-person audience, they put up like a hundred photos of vaginas. Oh, okay? I love that and it so wasn't much. For, I know. So the people in the room could see it. Now it was like 
public TV. So they yeah. didn't show the vaginas for sure. But I remember thinking, that is so strange, you know, because I was a teenager. Right. But how much I appreciate it now. Yeah. And after seeing so many vaginas myself, that they're all so different. They're like, so there's different. not even like two that are the same, you know? Right. It's like they're just as unique as the person. And so I think that. Um, I love that. They're just as unique as the person. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Let me carry on. Yeah. I love how she said that there's no reference, no reference for, normal. for normal. It's so right. Yeah. And I hope that if you hear anything, like you hear that right now, yeah. there's no reference for normal. I think in most things in life, yeah, actually, yeah. but smart. All right. So for the first 12 years of my life, I had a typical young girl's vagina, small labia, all tucked in and hairless. <laughs> Around that time, hair grew. My labia extended and I had inch long flaps dangling about. I didn't think much of it. There were a lot of changes around that time that were more visible to other people that was taking up uh, more of my insecurity after all. I lost my virginity at 14 and my boyfriend at that time had seen porn and I hadn't. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And he told me those flaps weren't normal. Oh, no. Oh, I'm, no. I'm say right now. That's terrible. At 15, I was stepping out of a small boat when a wave came and lifted me off my feet, crotch first. <gasps> wow. I had one whole side black, blue, and swollen. Oh, wow. ouch. So off to the dock I went with mom. No permanent damage, just painful. I can't oh imagine. Goodness, ouch. <clears throat> I went back a couple weeks later for a follow-up after all the swelling had gone down. Mom was less worried this time and stayed in the waiting room. I asked the nurse about the flaps, having no idea what my concern with my totally normal vagina was. She said, hmm, I don't know. Let me get the doctor to take a look. Oh, no. I know. Which, of course, my pubescent brain interpreted this or interpreted as this is so strange that I don't know what to tell you. Oh, oh no. And I need a specialist to deal with this. That's terrible. Oh, yeah, that is. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine the doctor came and took a look and listened to my concerns and let me know that when I got older, cosmetic surgery was an option. What yes. is wrong with these oh people? Oh my gosh, seriously. I'm dying right now. I am so sorry so, okay, that you went through this. That, that, is, that is not an appropriate uh, no, response. No, but I wonder if, so you know me, I'm always trying to look for why mm. people react a certain sure. way. But I, so sometimes when, um, when women have a protruding labia minora, they rub when you run or you're exercising, mm -hmm. it causes friction and oh, it's yeah. very painful. Yeah. And so some will choose a labioplasty yeah. to reduce that. And I wonder if that's what they yeah. were thinking. Like, oh, it was so bothersome to her that she was so worried about it. Yeah. But still, like, as this still. young girl, you have to take that into consideration because yeah. right. Oh my gosh, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, seriously. Right, as oh, you're going no. on you know, into a late teenager, early Yes. This, oh my. Well, she goes on to say, so I went through the next five years thinking my vagina was so bizarrely out of the ordinary that I had surprised a nurse with, nurse with it and been told by a doctor that my only hope was oh, cosmetic see? surgery because that's what she got from Yes, that. that's what she got from that. She didn't get anything I, she needed right. from that interaction. Seriously, I am just distraught for her. Then the internet came along and I was able to see for myself that these types of vaginas and that length of labia is completely normal. Yes. 
My poor young self only needed that one nurse or that one doctor to say, you're fine. That's normal. It just changed during puberty. Yes. Seriously. Where? What? What? I don't understand. I don't either. I, this whole exchange to me is very bothersome. Um, but the extent of my anxiety uh, about it made them think I needed change. Yes. When I really only needed assurances. Right. Seriously, yes. that's all she needed was just to be reassured yes. that all vaginas are different. Yes. And that hers is just fine. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I think every doctor's office should have a coffee table book with pictures of normal vaginas. I love and, it. And another of normal penises because I know boys suffer these anxieties as well. Yes. And she says, what is normal anyway? I agree. This is a very, very informative. I love this so tale. much. Me too. Thank you so much. Yeah. I should get a you book of vaginas. I get a book of vaginas. I'm all about it. Uh, me too. I think that would be great. I think it's important. I think that you're spot on when you I talk agree. about how women need to know, young yeah. girls yeah. need to know yeah. that we are different yeah. and that is normal. And that is normal. And that is okay. Yeah. I'm so sorry you went through that. Yeah, me too. But well, I hope that this story, um, you know, helps to reassure yeah. Anyone listening who's yes. feeling this way about their vaginas and labia, that it it's theirs, it's their own. It's they are all unique and it's and it's supposed to be. Unless there's pain, yes, complications, or something that isn't right, you don't that need a labia. You pain. feel isn't right, yeah. you don't need anything different. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Oh man, I thank just, you for sharing yeah, that. You, but that it makes me so mad. It does. Like I wish I was there. <laughs> I know. We're sweet things. She would have had a different experience. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. I hope so. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we have an anonymous tale next. Okay. And this individual says, hey, lovely ladies, this is a vaggie tale of what not to do. Okay. Several months ago, I went to see beautiful Christina. Oh, she is beautiful. About some odor I was having down under. Oh, you should always go in yes. and having some odor down yes. under. Yes. She did the right thing. There. Yes, she sure did. The odor was occurring during and shortly after my period and after intercourse, and it was not great. <laughs> she informed me that it was BV, got me a prescription, told me about some things I could do to help prevent it, gave me a hug. Her Aww. hugs are the best. Oh, thank Aww. you. Ditto, my friend. And sent me on my way. A few months after that, I finally remembered the things she told me to pick up to help prevent it from happening again. By the way... This is the winner. This is the winner. This is the winner. Yes, you're the winner. You're the winner, winner, chicken dinner. Thanks for your submission. Of our I'm drive. Glad that you didn't yes. That. Perfect. I just remembered in the middle of your story. I'm yeah. sorry, that was probably not the best timing. However, we wanted to just I can't wait to give you your prize. Yeah. Yay. Okay. Um Okay, a few months after that, I finally, hold on. Yep. Her hugs are the best. Let's start there. Okay. <laughs> Just so I can say that again, no. A few months after that, I finally remembered that things she told me to pick up to help prevent it from happening again. Those things were a specific type of probiotic and a boric acid. I felt so accomplished and proud of myself for finally remembering. <laughs> when I got home, I confidently swallowed one of each and felt great about how proactive I was being. Wait, did I even check the dosage? I thought I grabbed both bottles back out of the... Um, wait, did I even check the dosage? I thought. Okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I grabbed both bottles back out of the cabinet. 
Okay. Probiotic wants daily. Check. Boric acid. Do not ingest oh, vaginal suppository my. only. Immediately go to the hospital. You're going to die. Oh my gosh. Okay, maybe that's not exactly what it said, but that's how I read it. Poor Christina got an urgent phone call from me freaking out. I remember just frantically saying, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> and Christina being the fantastic provider and friend that she is, calmed me down enough so I could hear her tell me to call poison control. So I, from my perspective, she called me and I was like, yes. oh man, I don't even know. Right. Call poison control. Yeah, but like, right as, as um, she was doing that, I was frantically, right. you know, searching, searching the, re- <laughs> the answer. <laughs> um, that was a good good thing, though. Yeah. control. I they mean, know things. They do. I thanked her, and I told her I would let her know what I found out. <clears throat> Shaking, panicking, and hyperventilating on my bedroom floor, I called poison control. While I waited for someone to pick up, I was having flashes of seeing myself in the hospital while they shoved oh. a tube down my throat, causing me to throw up. Oh, oh. my gosh. That's so bad. <laughs> Could I get there in time to survive? <laughs> <laughs> Is this how I go by swallowing <laughs> Suppository. <laughs> Finally, oh, a man. lady picked up the call. I quickly blurted out that I had just swallowed pork acid <laughs> vaginal suppository and asked if I should go to the hospital. The very nice woman said you could not have sounded. <laughs> the very nice woman could not have sounded more nonchalant as she responded, "You know, I really wish they wouldn't make those look like pills. This happens all the time. Oh my gosh! You'll be fine. Probably won't even notice anything different. I once had a call from a woman who took them every day for two whole weeks before she realized it." <laughs> You would have to take a lot at one time for it to hurt you. I felt immediate relief and slight embarrassment for my five minutes of complete terror. Oh gosh, By the time I so hung bad. up with poison control and called Christina back to let her know I wasn't going to die, I found the whole thing to be yeah. actually quite funny. <laughs> no, that is really great. Oh, yeah, man. Though, I do I do feel like maybe they, I don't know what these look like. They look like capsules. Right? And but- you actually pull them apart. Some people make them themselves. Like... They'll get the little capsules and the little powder and they'll put it in themselves and then put the caps. So it's like a, like a capsule. It's a capsule. Yeah. It does not look like a normal suppository that you would expect. No, 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 no. It looks like a, A like a capsule that you would take. Like you can't cut it in half because it's not a tablet. Right. It's a capsule. It's a capsule. Interesting. Well, maybe they should redesign those. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe poison control should look under this. <laughs> well, this is a common finding. And then they should really figure themselves really, out. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That's great, actually. I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing it because um in the moment I was very panicked for her because yeah, I was like, I have no, I have idea. no idea. But by the time she called me, I had already you found it and I was that. trying to call her, but she didn't answer. And she was on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> she was gonna die. Yes. Gonna take her out. Like, that even, like I, you know, even for children, you know, they say to to keep it out of reach of children because, yeah. you know, they probably would require less yeah. to be toxic. But even the dosage that I found for kids, it was pretty low. Okay. But you don't, I mean, kids can. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It, well, man. What a great story. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, and congratulations so on winning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So simple. Like, congratulations. She wrote a story she, and she won a prize. Won a Love it. Yep. We Great. really do give away prizes sometimes. We do. Yeah. 
Okay, we're going to take a little twist. A twisty okay, twist. We're, this, we have a question. So I'm going to read the question, and I'm punting this to Christina. The answer. And I'm not sure that I have any great answers, but I'll just talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hello, lovely people of the Aftermath of Sex podcast. I had a couple of questions about careers and women's health after listening to the podcast of different types of midwifery. For some background, I'm one of Christina's patients. Hi, it's Ruby. Hi, Ruby. I had my baby a bit younger than I had planned and was still in college. Well, I've come to the conclusion that I just don't like college. Yes. <laughs> I hated classes before pregnancy and definitely do not like them now. Since becoming a mom, I've learned um, that time is a valuable thing and I don't want to waste one moment of it. So here's my dilemma. <laughs> I really... Sorry. Okay. The dog. The dog. Again. Okay, here she is. Or let me finish. I really, uh, so here's my dilemma. I really want to work in women's health at some point, but I don't really want to go back to college. For the time being, I'm a stay-at-home mom um, and plan on doing that until I'm done having kids, as in they're in school. I've listened to your podcast on different types of midwives and thought being a lay midwife would be perfect for me. But I'm not at the point in life uh, where I can drop what I'm doing to attend a birth. With that in mind, it could be a thing I do in the future. I guess my question is, would uh, I be impactful as a layman wife? Is there anything I could start doing now to make that happen? I know I wouldn't make as much money as a um, CM or CNM, and that's okay. My second thought is becoming a postpartum doula. My hesitancies with this are, one, I think birth and pregnancy are really cool, as do we. I <laughs> want to help and be a part of those things as well. And two, do they make an impact? If I became a postpartum doula, would I be able to go to the hospital to see my patient freshly postpartum? Or are these just things I would plan ahead with my patient? I feel like being a postpartum doula would make most, sen most sense for where I am in my life right now. But I'm sad uh, to miss out on the wonders of pregnancy and birth. I know these are decisions I need to make for myself and ultimately it's up to me. But since you two are professionals, I thought I would try and get your point of view. I appreciate you both so much, and thank you for making such interesting podcasts. Well, oh, that's so sweet. Words. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Christina and I, we did have a lengthy discussion about this. It's, you know, it's interesting because mm -hmm. I think that no matter what you do in the birth mm -hmm. worlds, you can make an impact. I agree. And so I think um, what you need to ask yourself is what kind of time you're going to put in mm -hmm. Um, and what you can really see yourself doing feasibly with yeah. your child and what that looks like for you. Yeah. Because work-life balance is very tricky. Mm -hmm. And the farther you go in the birthing world, the more demanding mm -hmm. that birthing world becomes on your personal self. Yeah. And so you have to have some boundaries. I, um, I think that every midwife type makes a difference. Yeah. But with your inability to go regularly, mm -hmm. um, getting your experience with a lay midwife would be very challenging um, with you not having a whole lot of time because yeah. all of your learning is hands-on. Yeah. And so you would have to get in to, to see yeah, a lot of births and they take hours and sometimes days. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not sure that that would be perfect or as achievable given that you don't have much time for schooling right now right now but the thing about this is that you can go back at any time so if 
if catching babies is something you're really passionate about, then consider all of the things. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm going to cough. Okay. <coughs> um, so consider all of the things yeah. because really um, whatever you, you see yourself doing, you should do because yeah. if your heart's in it, yeah. it it's going to be worth it no matter the dedication you have to put in. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, a doula is a great option. Yeah. I think it's great. It does require, um, you know, to be a certified doula, it requires training and commitment in terms of time. But some people um, hire just like birth attendants yeah. or birth assistants. And so maybe you could go into something like that or. Um, and you're more in control of your schedule. And yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. Or you could maybe talk to some of our community home birth midwives mm -hmm. and ask if there's room for a part-time birth assistant mm -hmm. oh, and yeah. just see if you love it Yeah, and just kind of go in. Maybe you could um, just volunteer on a couple of births just to see and get a feel for what lay midwives do or what the professional midwives do mm -hmm. and just see if you can see yourself in that position. Yeah. Um, and there are some postpartum doulas in our community, and I find that they make a great difference in women's lives and doulas also. Yeah, because it's not just postpartum doulas. You can be a labor doula. A labor we, doula. We and labor yeah. doulas come in with our patients yeah. and, you know, just help to support them. Right. Um, I actually just had a mama whose husband had to be away. He's a military. And so she was by herself and she hired a doula yeah. and it was just amazing for her to have that yeah. support. Yeah. And um, when you're your own doula and you put yourself out there for women to hire, um, you can be as free yeah. or unavailable as you need to be yeah. for your home life. And so I would just ask yourself, what do I want? What it, what am I super passionate about? What time is worth um, schooling, education, or being with women in a laboring process versus time and family? Yeah. Does that, yeah, it's not, it's not great. Yeah. You know, I don't have any, like, this is like, what you should do scientific data for you. Like this is the best decision, but sometimes just kind of looking in the heart of it all yeah. and knowing that you're young and you have all you the do. time in the world. You have so much time. And your life right now is going to look different in 10 years. In 10 years. And in 10 years, maybe you just become exactly who you wanted to be in the first place, yeah. which you might not entirely know just yet. So yeah. just keep growing. And it's, it's never too late to change your mind. Yeah. yeah. Never, never too late. Um, listen to Tanya's episode we yeah. interviewed my work wife yeah and she was a million things before yeah. she was a midwife and she went back to school quite late if yeah. you ask somebody who's young and going yeah. to school and so you have all the time in the world to figure out who yeah. you are and what you want to be mm -hmm. and any position in the birthing world makes a difference yeah no matter what position it is i agree it doesn't matter yeah because you always you know if you're there then you have the opportunity to yeah to do good and then you would still be in the birthing yeah in the birthing room and it is in the very, room where very it happens. exciting. It's so exciting. It's so much fun. It's it's a blessing to be able to see it, it every day. Yeah. Every, mm -hmm. every, I mean, I've attended, I don't know, hundreds of births. Yes. And you've more than a hundreds. Well, I don't know. Cause I don't, you know, I only work like once a week now for the past 10 years, but, or so, but, um, 
anyway, everyone is just amazing and cool and it never gets old. You yeah. Know, you love this business. Yeah. That's yeah. so true. And Even, you're always learning. Always. Yeah. Always. And just like in um, one of our previous birth stories, three macadamia co cookies made a difference. Yeah. Yeah. You have no idea the small little things yeah. that can make the biggest of differences. Yeah. And the something too, I think it just makes me think of like when women are pregnant, they are in this unfamiliar, vulnerable state, you know, even if it's like their fourth baby, you yeah. know, and they, cause everyone is just so different. And yes. I think any kind of loving reassurance that they can get is meaningful. And yes. No matter where it comes from. You know? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that question. I think it was great. I think so too. I think a lot of people have the same question. Yeah. Like, what do I do with my life? What do I do with my life? Yeah. I know I like this. Yeah. But what of all those options yeah. do I do? And, um, you know, taking advantage of opportunities that might just pop up and you just yes. never know. Like, you never know what's going to be that thing. I tell my students all the time, like, you know, anything that you're able to do, do because you just never know. Yeah. Like, my friend, yeah. she asked me to take a CNA class with her 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, and if I wouldn't have taken that CNA class, I may not be sitting here with you right now. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to do that. I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> She's like, you're not doing anything with your life. Neither am I. Let's go. I was like, okay. That was so great. What a good friend. I know. That's She's awesome. Your friend too. Yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you for your valuable insights today. Yeah. The beautiful question, the lovely oh, story. Yeah. I just, stories. Stories. Yes. All of your contributions. Yeah. Contributions are appreciated. And um, we love these episodes because it just brings reality mm -hmm. to women. Yeah. And it helps us realize the reality of, of women. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have said better myself. <laughs> so but. I hope you guys all find some inspiration in yeah. these stories and send us some tales. Send us your tales any tell at all yeah we would love to hear it yeah. any questions that you have oh that reminds me okay we just found out today we were today years old when we found out mm -hmm. that there is a button that people can ask questions in spotify yes i'm so sorry so there are some questions There's in there questions. but we didn't know we did that was a thing because you know we're we're, we're, we're still learning um but i'm gonna go so back and review gonna, those questions yes. and see what's there so if you thought that we just were ignoring your question we're not we're, we don't ignore any questions sometimes we don't know or maybe it'll take us a little time to get to them but um now we know where to find yes questions. <laughs> so thank you for yeah. submitting those questions and yeah. know that we we'll be better chocolate we now, now know that, that they're there fun. that it's existing <laughs> in life and so we're gonna get to those too yeah. all right okay all well, right I hope you feel enlightened yes spread love and laughter not boric acid <laughs> <laughs> unless you firmly say put it in the vagina and it can be any shape to vagina because we yes. are all normally different all vaginas are amazing in my opinion uh, amazing yeah on that note. Bye. Bye.